following is a chapter reading by the Worm Audiobook Project. Please support the original author at parahumans.wordpress.com. Thank you and enjoy. Five dot seven. Lungs there, I echoed, as much to let Sundancer and Labyrinth know as to help myself process the idea. He's with Kaiser. I can't get to them. Kaiser blocked the door with giant knives. Ignore Lung, I stressed. If Kaiser wanted to go it alone, he could reap the consequences. Priorities are Neuter and Onai Lee. Can you get upstairs to rescue Neuter? I can't ride Brutus in there. I'd have to dismount. Then draw him outside. Watch your back. I hung up, shoved the phone into the compartment behind my back, and drew my baton and knife. What are you doing? Sundancer asked. Onai Lee's a freaking assassin. I can't leave bitch on her own. I didn't wait another second. I bolted for the warehouse, drawing more bugs from the surroundings to help back me up. Bitch, still riding Brutus, came rushing out of the loading bay door, Judas only a step behind. They skipped to a stop facing the building. Through the hole the explosion had made in the wall, I saw Angelica climbing up the stairs. As Angelica reached the top of the stairs, Judas lunged up through the windows at the opposite end of the second floor hallway, trapping Onai Lee in between them. Onai Lee barely seemed to care. I could see him in his black bodysuit with belts and bandoliers of knives on it, his mask with a demonic face and leering, fanged, ear-to-ear grin. He glanced at one dog, then the other, then looked out the window. I knew his power was a hybrid between duplicating himself and teleportation. He could teleport, but when he did, he left a body behind that could act autonomously for a few seconds. So when I saw him glance out the window, I followed his line of sight and saw he had already appeared just behind Bitch half-crouching on Brutus's back, one hand on a hook of bone to help him balance. There was a flash of steel in his other hand as he reached around her throat with a blade. Bitch! I screamed. It didn't matter. At the same time as I opened my mouth, a red dot and mist of red appeared out of the back of his head. A split second later, another dot and a spray of red appeared on his back, around where his heart was. He fell on top of Bitch's shoulder, limp, then collapsed to the ground. A second later, he exploded into an opaque cloud of white ash, ten feet across. I glanced over my shoulder, saw the dark silhouettes of Coyle's men lying down on the edge of the rooftop. One had a pair of binoculars. The other was set up behind a long rifle with a prominent scope, a sniper team. Anyone else would be dead by now, but the fact that the body had exploded into dust meant it was just a clone, a leftover remaining behind after Onai Lee had teleported away. He probably wasn't remaining in one place for more than a second. My bet was he was appearing, immediately looking for a new target or vantage point, then making a quick exit, leaving the clone to do the deed. I reached Bitch and cast a nervous glance over my shoulder for Onai Lee. You okay? I felt the fucking steel on my throat. She rubbed her throat as if she was checking it was okay. Where'd he go? I saw Onai Lee for only a fraction of a second as he fell from the rooftop of the warehouse, before he exploded into another cloud of white dust. Another point for the sniper team. Why had he been up there? Who or what had he been trying to see? The snipers, I breathed, whirling around. Where the sniper team had been, there were four figures now. I saw the rifle fall from the edge of the roof as the two soldiers struggled with a pair of Onilees. Then, puff, the clones were gone, and there was enough white dust around them that they wouldn't be drawing a bead on him again, even if they hadn't lost the rifle. But where had he gone from there? I looked around, feeling the panic begin to set in. Brutus made a roaring sound somewhere between a howl and a growl, not quite recognizable as either. 
He reared like a panic horse, and I saw Onaili drop from the side of his head, land in a crouch, and lunge for me, a knife in each hand. I swatted at his hands with my baton, sending one knife flying through the air and breaking his stride. It didn't matter. Less than a second later, he was dust. He'd teleported. Hands seized me from behind in a rough Nelson hold, pulling my arms out of the way as another Onaili materialized out of the dust in front of me, ready to capitalize on my inability to defend myself. Knowing he wasn't about to let go of me, I brought both my legs up in a kick at Onaili's stomach. They connected and he doubled over. Brutus lunged forward, biting at him before he could recover. Both the Onailis that was holding me and the one clasped in Brutus's jaw turned to carbon ash, adding to the volume of the opaque, gritty white cloud that surrounded us. As Bitch managed to get Brutus under control, I saw his face. One of his eyes was in ruins, and volumes of blood and other liquids were flowing from it. Fuck this, I growled, drawing the bugs out from my costume and retrieved the ones I'd had in the buildings. I spread them around, reaching for him, hoping for some sort of early warning. No sooner the thought crossed my mind than the silhouette of a figure appeared twenty feet to my right. He whipped his arms in my direction, and I didn't have any time to do much more than turn in his direction before something collided with my head. I stumbled and fell over backwards. In the instant I toppled over, I had the presence of mind to tuck my chin against my chest so I wouldn't add to my concussion. The armor covering my shoulders took the worst of the impact. As I lay there, trying to parse what had just happened, I realized that a small knife was embedded in the armored section of my mask, cracking the lens. A throwing knife? I pulled it free and pulled myself to my feet. I had enough bugs around me now that I could be sure he wasn't attacking us. That just raised the question of where he was. Bitch, you okay? I asked. Fucker stabbed me in the arm! If that's the worst injury we get away with today, we can count ourselves lucky. I headed out of the cloud that surrounded us, hoping to get a better sense of the battlefield. I got out just in time to see Onaili tackling one of Coil's snipers off the edge of the roof. Onaili disappeared in a cloud of white before he hit the ground. I was pretty sure the sniper hadn't. Sundancer was crumpled over, Labyrinth holding her shoulders. This was not going well. Onaili appeared 30 feet away from me, standing just to my left and behind me. My bugs gave me a sense of his position before anything else, and I threw myself to one side. I thought maybe I saw the shape of one of his throwing knives pass through the air where I had been standing, but I wasn't seeing very well with the cracked lens on my mask. At my command, the bugs that had alerted me to his position gathered on him and began biting and stinging. Then I noticed something weird. More bugs popped into existence in the midst of the cloud, near Sundancer and Labyrinth. I felt the original bugs perish as they exploded into ash. He was taking them with him. I don't think he could help it. I could track his movements. Bitch, here! I shouted. She lunged out of the cloud, still astride Brutus, pulling up short to avoid trampling me. I can see where he's teleporting, I told her. Get Judas and Angelica. She whistled, long and piercing. As if in response, Onaili appeared just a few feet away. Behind you, I pointed. Brutus whipped around, snapping and snarling, and Onaili had to backpedal to escape being caught in the mutant's jaws. He disappeared just a second later. Get one dog near those guys, I pointed to Sundancer and Labyrinth. We should join them ASAP. She nodded, whistled, and pointed. No sooner did Judas and Angelica arrive at our sides than Judas headed off to his next destination. Bitch offered me a hand. I gratefully took it, letting her help me up on Brutus's back. As we approached Sundancer and Labyrinth, the sidewalk on either side of us dropped out of existence, leaving only a bottomless pit where they had been. The fuck? I murmured. Then the buildings began to rise in height, 
some leaning over the street and joining with the others in grotesque arches and bridges. Brickwork stretched and extended into the alleyways, closing them off. The windows began to shrink and warp, leaving only a flat expanse of brick, concrete, and stucco for the building faces. Under our feet, the road began to shift in color, with some patches becoming paler and others darkening. They sharpened in definition as they settled into an alabaster white and jet black. A checkerboard? Brutus had to leap out of the way as one of the squares of the checkerboard suddenly rose to a height of ten feet. As if in response, other squares began to rise and fall, each to varying almost random heights. I was almost dismounted as another square appeared in a wall and slid out of the side of the building in a 30-foot-long horizontal pillar. We reached Safe Haven, an expanse of unaffected ground 30 feet across, with two figures in the center, Sundancer and Labyrinth. This is you? I asked Labyrinth, awed as I climbed down off Brutus. She didn't reply. Instead, she reached out and touched the side of my chin. The images of arches, pillars, and checkerboard patterns fell away like a house of cards. Hallucinations, I spoke, as Labyrinth made a waving gesture towards Bitch's head. She looked at me and shook her head slowly. They're not hallucinations? I asked. She didn't reply. You can't explain because you can't or don't talk, I realized, speaking my thoughts aloud. Onai Lee appeared a few feet away. I whirled and pointed. There! He was stumbling, moving to avoid something that wasn't there. He was still there, trying to get his balance, as I felt more bugs appear at another point on the opposite side of us. Only he appeared fifteen feet in the air, fell, and landed in an awkward position, falling over. Bitch! I pointed. She whistled and pointed to send Angelica. Onaili's response was delayed, as if he couldn't even see her approaching, at first. I felt more bugs pop into existence a second before she set her jaws on him. There! Bitch sent Judas next. Onaili's reaction was even slower, but he had time to throw himself onto his back flinging two throwing knives into Judas's face and shoulders before he disappeared. Over there, I pointed as he reappeared. Bitch didn't even have time to give a command before there was a sound like a champagne cork being popped. Onaylees screamed as one of his shins exploded into a spray of blood. I felt him reappear somewhere else, collapsing to the ground, while his predecessor endured having the kneecap on its good leg shot out. I followed the sound of a chamber being reloaded to spot Coyle's sniper. He was lying on his side at the foot of the building, one arm outstretched to hold his rifle steady. His right leg was bent the wrong way. He'd been knocked off a three-story building, had a broken leg at the very least, and had still managed to retrieve, load, and fire his rifle? If he was willing to be that professional, I could damn well play spotter for him. There, I pointed in Onaili's direction on the warehouse again. There were two more muted popping sounds, and I could see Onaili spin in a pirouette of sorts as a shot clipped him, before he collapsed to the rooftop. He exploded in a cloud of ash once again, except I hadn't felt him appear anywhere. He's gone, I said, out of my range. Sundancer looked up at me, one gloved hand on her shoulder. Good, she managed to answer. You okay? He couched my shoulder. I'll need stitches, but it's not the worst injury I've had. Okay. Uh, man, Coyle's guy, I spoke, trying hard to organize my thoughts and priorities with the adrenaline that was pumping through me. You going to be all right? Yeah, he rasped, then he coughed. I'd have to take him at his word. Labyrinth, watch him. Make sure he keeps breathing and that his buddy knows where he is, I said. Sundancer, bitch, we've got to go help neuter. Hi, this is Snagger. 
You just finished listening to a chapter from Arc 5, Hive, from the web serial Worm by Wildbow. This production is brought to you by the Worm Audiobook Project. If you'd like to know more about us or to volunteer your own services, please check us out at audioworm.rein-online.org. You can download or listen to every chapter directly from our site, or you can find us on iTunes or any podcast app under Worm Audiobook. Thanks for listening.